Hey everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, Byway of Little Old Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it right here on BlacksitRadio.com. How y'all doing? What up? What up? What up? Did you miss me? Did you even notice that I wasn't around for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, baby. Been a little bit under the weather. Um, I did a scouting trip um to Boquete, which was very, very interesting. You can learn more about that by visiting our YouTube channel. There's like more videos that I need to put up about that excursion. Uh, but I do have a couple up where you'll get to see some of the um the opinions of individuals currently living in um uh, Boquete. And then I also did an interview with their local radio station, um, Cherokee Radio. And, um, you know, that was an interesting conversation as well. So, you know, I definitely want you to check that out. With that being said, we are also having a guest on today and uh, his name is Carl McKenzie. And I'll give you a clue. Carl now lives in Panama. And he started his journey here in Boquete. So find out when he went to Boquete, how long he stayed in Boquete, what his takeaway from Boquete is, and where did he end up and why. So um, it's a great conversation. His wife will be joining us um, towards the, um, the later part of the interview. And her name is Wanda, the Wanda Effect, honey. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you'll learn all about the business that they started here in um, Panama as well. So as always, you know, we have the best guests. And so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. I ain't got time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile, you understand, because I need to go ahead and pull this thing together and bring it to you. OK, so this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glasgow, New Jersey, right here on BlackSidRadio.com telling you, don't you move, don't you go nowhere, because I'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our Beat community platform, or BCP, that can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events. You can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Mr. McKenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you so much, Charlotte. I'm glad to have you here. It's it's funny how I ran into you in the Blingos group. And it took me a minute to put together that you're the Carl that comes to the uh, B2B meetings and you're here in the city. So 
Um, I really like that you have a more broader experience and a more unique experience with Panama. So I just wanted to get you on and let you tell us a little bit about yourself. So go on and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, what you're working with, and how you ended up in amazing Panama. Well, <clears throat> like you, you introduced me, my name is Carl McKenzie. I was originally born in Brooklyn, New York, mm -hmm. and I grew up in, in Jamaica, Queens, right outside of Kennedy Airport. And uh, I spent the majority of my life there until I was like 29 years old. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I lived in California for six years, uh, three years in Los Angeles and the remaining three in San Francisco, okay. at which time I, I uh, packed up and moved to, uh, to Florida. And I spent the last 30 years in Florida before moving to Panama. So when you made all your moves, were they like work-related or you just adventurer, needed something different? I I am um, a classic example of an adventurer. Uh, okay. When I left for Los Angeles in 1979, I, I, I knew no one in Los Angeles. And then I moved to San Francisco. I knew no one in San Francisco. And I did when I did move to Florida, my parents had moved there. So that was kind of like a soft landing. A soft landing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I just did my first trip to California. All these okay. years in my life, I had never been to California. But so I imagine moving from New York to California. How big of a culture shock was that? Uh, it was a pretty big one. Um Los Angeles being a very spread out city, it's in uh, a lot of traffic, uh, a lot more than New York. New York is bad enough, but, um, and then the people were different. You know, um, there were a lot more people from a lot of different places in Los Angeles seeking to be stars in Hollywood. Okay. And, uh, and that was kind of a turn off for me because uh, everyone seems to be so plastic and uh, just phony. You know, so that after three years of that, I decided to move to San Francisco, which is my favorite city in the U.S. I mean, really? bar none. Really? Now, I, I, yeah, I haven't been there in quite a while. And I understand that uh, the homeless situation there is incredibly incredible. I mean, there's people just living on the streets and everywhere in, in, in San Francisco. Francisco. But at the time that I was living there, it was, it was really a nice place to live. And only because of the cost of living that I decided to move to Florida. California is very expensive. And now yeah. when I just went there, um, you know, recently, I, I was surprised at how friendly everybody was. And I was in Los Angeles area. And um, but I was just really surprised at how friendly everybody was. And somebody said to me, because they just don't know if you're a celebrity or not. <laughs> they be trying to be nice to everybody because you never know who you're dealing with. And that's so true. I thought that was different. Um, I didn't know if it was just me coming from Panama. It was cold. It was really cold out there. I was like, I think it was the beginning of May. And okay. um, it's really wow. cold out there. So that was that was a little bit different. So you did California and then you ended up back um, in Florida. But tell me what it was like for like growing up. So you grew up in Queens, the Jamaica, Queens area. What right. was your 
experience growing up with regard to like, did the people in your family or people that you know, were they adventurers? You know, what was your experience with travel? Well, I, I guess I get my 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 uh, travel gene from my dad. My, my parents are originally from Jamaica. Uh -huh. And my dad stowed away on a boat in 1939 and landed in New Orleans and worked his way through the Jim Crow South to find his mother in New York. Wow. Uh, so that's kind of the spirit that, that I was working with there. Um, and, and as far as uh, growing up, um, I didn't. I never did much traveling as a as a young man uh, growing up. My family didn't have a lot of money, and we didn't do a lot of traveling other than you know driving to Niagara Falls in the car and stuff like that. Right. Places that could be reached by car. Yeah. Um, so when I when I was turned twenty nine, I, I had been on an airplane maybe twice, and I said I'm I'm leaving New York. So I got on a plane, and and that's how that happened. You know, I'm always curious about what our experiences are with regard to travel and doing what I do. I've never become so conscious of it, um, but a lot of us just did not have extensive travel in our past, like as far as growing up. And like my mother, who never got on a plane, um, never went further than she could drive. You know, that is the story for so many of us. So yes. what I find is that you know, we've brought over 300 people to Panama through our cultural relocation tours. And oh, it's it is awesome. But what is so prevalent amongst that group is that we are very intimidated by the international, by the international scene, by right. you know, people are intimidated to invest. You know, people are just, it's not just the exposure that we had growing up as kids. So right. that's one part of the truth. The other part of the truth is I get to meet amazing people who are willing to explore. So yeah. I hear that you grew up in um, in Jamaica. You did your traveling, you know, with your family, you know, close, close by places. Then you started to branch out in the United States. And then the United States is an adventure by, by itself. I mean, Absolutely. I think there's almost a place, there's a place in the United States that you could go that will represent like a climate or feel from somewhere else in the in the world in so many right. places, right? Because the, the country is so big. So, but what made you, what was the first time you decided to take that adventurous spirit outside of the United States? When did that you was, travel that, international? That was, that was probably... 1980 right after uh oh i i, I got it okay. when i was living when i was living in san francisco um my dad asked me to meet him in jamaica because i i had never been to jamaica uh-huh and so i uh i met him there in jamaica and um we had a good time we we, we my my father and i had some rocky times uh when i was growing up because i was mm -hmm. the rebellious type and um so that him inviting me to 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 walk on the uh, the beach and the grill together, and we just hung out and talked and drank rum, and it was it was just amazing. So that 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 kind of launched my uh, international uh, experiences as far as travel is concerned. Well, I think that's awesome because, and I'm wondering if in the '80s, 
if you needed a passport to go to Jamaica. Do you remember? I do. I, I didn't get a passport until maybe 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, See, we used 80. to be able to go. That was right. the thing, too. We didn't have passports. Because right. a lot of places, and I don't know what determined what places you could go without right. a passport, but I know you didn't used to have a passport to take a cruise. First, right. I went out of the country, was on a cruise, and that's because I could go with my birth certificate, right? Um, but I think that for that to be your first international travel is significant because you met your father on his on his lane. Right. right. And so right. how significant I mean to spend time with him and I, I hear you say, you know, you walk the you, you know, walking on the beach, you remember that farming, walking yes. on the beach. How much of yourself did you see in the grill? Um, or you were in the grill. Um, is that where your family that where your father grew up? Yeah, my father grew up right outside the grill in a little town called Sheffield in the uh, Westmoreland province of uh, Parish of Jamaica. Yeah. So besides being with your father, what is your other like biggest impression? Did, were you able to feel connected in some way or were you able to see yourself and the others that you met there? I mean, not having gone to Jamaica before. I was I was welcomed with open arms. Um, there are still a lot of relatives there, and um, I just felt completely at home. Um, I felt very safe. Um, it was a very very rewarding experience for me. So when you decided that you were going to travel, maybe with the thought of relocation, was Jamaica ever a consideration for you? Jamaica was at the top of the list because when my dad retired, um, my mom passed away and, and he moved, moved back to Jamaica. And that was in 2000, 2001. And so I considered it, but having going back and forth to visit him, it was just a little bit too, too much crime and violence for my liking. Okay. And so um, what brought me to Panama was that my dad had two uncles that came to Panama to build the, to work on the canal. Uh-huh. And they never returned to Jamaica. And my father always told me that there was a lot of Caribbean influence in Panama. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, I, I put that at the top of the list. So you are your uncles still here? Are they still I don't I, I don't we were never able to find them. Really? Yeah. So um you know, I, I want to put this out to your 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 listeners yes. uh, that if anyone knows anyone uh, with the name Mackenzie in in Panama, I certainly would like to uh, to know what their family tree looks like. Wow! So, like, how old would your uncles be? No, they no. no. Nineteen fourteen was when the canal was was oh, finished. Well, true, true. So they they they, right. they they're probably long gone. Yeah, they 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 right. they are long gone. But um, my my their father, my father's uncle, lost contact with them in the fifties, and so um, because a lot of them stayed in the canal. Yeah. So yeah. because it's kind of and that's why normally with stuff like this, I'm gonna take this thing to my husband's father. Okay. Because one thing about, you know, and I'm sure you've probably asked asked around uh, to a lot of people too, but one thing about the Black people in Panama is that they know each other. 
Yeah, you true. know, the best way to find the best way to find your people is to do just what you're doing. Just take that name and throw it out there. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. somebody be like, Mackenzie, Mackenzie, Mackenzie. And then yeah. they start thinking about to maybe later generations or something, stuff like that. You're not the only person, too, that I know that has come and, you know, you have family here and, and are, are looking. So I definitely have made a note of that and, you know, okay. hope that people do um, do um, check that out. So when did you decide that? Well, what kind of work? What kind of work did you do all your life? Well, I had several uh things I, I did. Um, I was uh, vice president of a large janitorial company in the Southeast part of the United States. I did that for 15 years. Before that, I was a chef. I went to, uh, I went to chef school, uh, New York School of Food and Hotel Management. And um, because some friends told me, oh man, you really cook good, blah, blah. You should go to school and get a job. And I loved it. But once I had to do it as a, for a living, yeah. I hated it. I wow. just absolutely just hated it. But I had to do it because I had a family to feed and, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So um, when I when I got to Florida, they, um, they weren't paying very much because New York okay. chefs make a lot of money. So I decided, well, if they're not going to at least pay me what I was earning in New York or close to it, I'm not going to do that. So... Um, I met this family from Ireland and um, they had a uh, international cleaning company and they wanted to set up in the Southeast part of the United States. And so I started working for them as, as a night supervisor. They had 30 employees and um, supervising the employees at night. And then um, the thing just mushroomed. And uh, before I knew it, I was vice president of the company and I had 700 employees under me. So um, that was in Florida and that, that was, I did that for 15 years. And, and then I decided that I wanted to do something on my own. And I, um, I started this mobile notary service. Uh -huh. So in Florida, in Florida and, and many other states, uh, you can close a, a mortgage loan, a refinance, a purchase, a sale right in your own home. Right. And this is done with, with the help of a, a, a notary public. And that's all you need. And some states you need a lawyer to close and all of that. So I started this business and uh, became very successful. I, I was able to hire an, uh, two other people, two other ladies that worked with me. And um, I did that for 15 years. Okay. Um, and then that was the last thing I did before I, I moved here to Panama. So, okay, so what is your family structure like that? You have you you said you had a, a family to feed. How many children do you have? You have grandchildren? I do. I have great grandchildren. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I have um I have a son who was who was killed in a drive-by shooting in New York. He would have been 50 50ish years old by now. He left three three children and each of those children have a child. So that's what made me a, grand, a great grandfather. So he was born very early, like right after high school. I'm, yeah. Yeah, that type of thing, you know. And then um, I have a, a son. Um, he's a sound engineer for uh, for a movie studio. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then I have, uh, he's, he's the oldest. 
he lives in Philadelphia. And then I have two daughters. One is a mechanical engineer. She lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And I have my, my youngest daughter is, uh, she's, uh, uh, I don't know exactly what to call it, but she works in Florida. She, she lives in Florida in Orlando and uh, she runs the water department for a small city in, in, uh, in Orlando. So I'm real, real proud of my children. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. But what, I know, what's I'm the, smiling. Your kids have done well. That means that, you know, you've done a good job. Well, you know, I always, you know, unfortunately looked at looked at success as as you know what they did or do in life, but they turned out to be really good people. Yeah. And so, you know, caring, giving, loving people, and and, yeah. and to me that is that is more important. And you know, we push our children to be more successful than we were. But in the end, you really just want them to be good human beings. You know, that's that's what that's what really. And you want them to be happy doing whatever they're doing. True. You know, that, you that is want them to be happy doing whatever um, they're they're doing. I had a conversation with my daughter. I just had one daughter. My my husband and I. We have three kids together, and he had two girls when I met him. And I have I have my my one daughter. And she said something to me like she studies like counseling and things like that. And she said something to me one day. She said, Ma, she said, anytime you talk about people in your family, like when I'm talking about, you know, heritage or lineage or something, she said, you always talk about what they have. Mm -hmm. You always talk about what they have or what they've done. And she said, it seems like you're very focused on material accomplishments. Right. I didn't appreciate that. Okay. Don't be coming at me like that little girl. <laughs> uh, but we all, we all, we all do that. Especially, especially men, you know, you know, what do you do? I mean, yes. that's, after you find out their name, you know, you talk about your favorite team. Yes. And what do you do, bro? Yes. You know? and, it's, yeah. and it's the truth. And she really made me think about that. And I guess that for me, you know, I think that it is, I guess some, some of the stuff, like you said, that they're good people, believe me, that is way more important. Because right. usually if you're raising people that aren't good people, you as a parent are going to suffer immensely with yeah. all just the bad decisions that they make and the way that they treat people and stuff that come back to right. haunt their family and spill off into, you know, so it is very important. But I think also when we know what it means to not have enough, right. that that is important too. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, some people turn out to be not good people just because they had to make bad decisions because they didn't have enough. Right. And I feel like when you are able to position yourself, you know, where you that that the, the financial part is not such a stressor, that right. it's a good thing. And it's and I want for us to have the things that we need. Um, right. So but, you know, you, you're right. And she did. She did make that point about me. Um, and it is very important. So when you decided that, okay, I'm going to make this leap and I'm just thinking about going to Panama. So you thought about Jamaica and Jamaica was a no. Was there any other place that you thought about? No, not, not one place. Okay. So then you nope. decided, so how did they react 
when you told them you was about to make a move? Um, well, my family knows me. And so okay. they know that, you know, that that's what I do. I mean, I'm going to go some, I didn't know anyone in Panama when I, when I decided to move here. Um, okay. I, just came, I just came and set up shop, you know, I mean. So you came and what, what, what year did you come? And you said you went to Boquete first. Did you go on a tour or how did you end up going to Boquete first? In 2013, when I was considering that I would be retiring soon, mm -hmm. um, I came to I came to uh, I came to Panama. I flew into Panama City. I didn't stay here at all because, okay. in my mind, I was going to Boquete and I was going to grow my own fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I landed here and I got on a bus and went to went to David and then to Boquete. And I like it. That was in 2013. I was in 2013. Okay. So then um, in 20, 2020, in March, um, as the pandemic was getting ready to hit, which I didn't know, I uh, came here like March 6th. And I came and I went back to Boquete and I, I rented a, a, a little casita. And I told him I'd be back in a month. Well, when we left... My friend Wendell and I, he's from he's he's from here in Panama. Um, when we left, they closed down the, the, the country the day after yeah. we left, March 15th or March 16th or something like that. So I was stuck in the U.S. until October, October 14th. They opened the country on the 12th. On the 14th, I was here. And I went to Boquete. And, 2020. Uh, 2020, October okay. 2020. I went to, I went to Boquete. And um, it rained a lot. And then, you know, I was there for like a while. I met people. Um, I helped set up the Blingo group. Mm -hmm. And um, it just didn't feel right. It never felt right. You know, just. Um, and then I realized that, you know, being from New York, I was not ready to grow my own fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, brother. That's a good yeah. point because yeah. what people think and what yeah. the reality is sometimes yeah. don't match up. Yeah, I was not so, yeah, in my mind. Yeah, you know, I was going to do that, but I'm a city boy at heart, you know. And uh, if I can show you what it looks like out the window, I'm I'm around. I I'm saw on that Avenue. Yeah, Avenue de Balboa, looking at the skyscrapers and the ocean, and that reminds me of home. Yes. So, so okay, so all right, so when you when you but what was it when you got to Boquete and you said, okay, before everything shut down, you got there, you said, you know, you got your casita, which for people don't know, it casita basically translates to a little house on the a little house. Property, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, it, it had two, two small bedrooms, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got yourself a casita. So when you got there to Panama. When you went that first, I'm sorry, to Boquete, you went that first time. What was what what were you struck by? I mean, what did you what were your feelings? What were your observations when you first got there? Well, in 2013, um, my observations, my first observation was that I probably wouldn't be uh, I'd probably be one of few black people in Boquete at that time. OK. Um, most of the people that I met were, were Caucasians 
And uh, I saw very few melanated folks uh, there. And that and, was and okay was, with you? At that time, yeah, it was because, you know, I was going to be off on my own, growing my own fruits and vegetables. Right, so right. It, it didn't matter that much, you know. Right. You, you know, was what, going off the grid a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. And so, you know, that, uh, that didn't, that, that made it feel comfortable for me at that point in 2013, you know? So, um, but after living there for, for 10 months, um, I never had a reason to leave, but I was doing a, um, a house sitting for a couple that lives in Boquete, but they have a condominium here in Panama city and they wanted someone to watch their little Yorkie while they were in Europe because they travel a lot. They have a business and they're, they're all over the world. So I said, yeah. So, I mean, I lived there. They had a couple of maids and all of that stuff. You know, cool, I was, right? I was in tall cotton, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know. Now, I was this there. was in 2020. Yeah, this is right after I moved. This was, this was uh, no, this is 2021. Okay, so the beginning of 2021. Okay. And and, and so um I was bored. So I, I got on a, a dating site. Yes. And um I met Wanda. Wow, you met Wanda on a dating site. Was yeah. she in Boquete at the time or was she no, on no, she, in she's Panama born, City? She's born and raised in Panama City. Wow, you met Wanda. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, that I was met, awesome. So then that was that was probably the kicker when you said, that okay, now, that's it, I'm out, I'm, I'm leaving Boquete exactly because okay. Wanda Love is in Panama City, exactly, exactly. Okay, okay, so all right, so then all right, so you met Wanda, and then you let me hang on one second, we're gonna get, get to Wanda in a second. Now, you said when you were there, when you went in October, like it rained a lot, yeah. It rained a lot. Now that I, you know, I just had my first trip there. Mm -hmm. The rain was a bit much for me. Yeah. Um, we don't really get rain like that here in Panama in the Panama City area. Exactly. Because it was like they knew everybody was like, "Listen, girl, you you know you want to get out early. <laughs> done. Like you did. No, no, no. You got to get out early because you need to be back home no later than two. Because right. like, you were promising me, girl, it's right. gonna rain." And right. when it rained, it'll rain the rest of the day. The day. Yeah. That's a lot of rain for me. Yeah, it is. That's a lot. That that was a lot of rain. That was a lot of rain for me. And then I happened to get caught in a fog. Mm. Baby. That was that was scary. Right, you know, right. I was with Miss Nina. And thank goodness she was handling that road, baby. Yeah. Up to me, we'd have stayed down at the bottom. You right. know. I Never driven in that in that fog. I was praying all the way. She was talking all the way, and I I I'm just listening, um, because I I was tight. I was tight. Mm -hmm. It was it was intimidating for me. That was a lot. Those yeah. winding roads. Roads, yeah. That I'm like, this feels like Jamaica. Is this a two car or one car road? Because <laughs> sometimes you couldn't really tell, and right. I just could imagine people that aren't used to driving there being a problem. Yeah. For the, you know, the, the people that do drive there. So the rain was, a, the rain was something that you noticed, but you were okay with it. 
Uh, I was I was okay with it. I mean, there were there was there. Were, let me expound on some of some of the things that didn't work for me in Boquete. Okay. The first one was. Why well, reminds want to know, bro? Okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let him know. First of all, I was single at the time, mm -hmm. and everyone that I knew there, ninety nine percent were couples. Okay. So when we went out or did something together, I was always the third or the third fifth year. or the seventh okay. weekend. Okay. You know? <laughs> and so um, that got old real so quick. So it wasn't a, it didn't it really wasn't conducive to being single. Right. Okay. The other thing is is that you know um, there is a faction there, you know, and and if I can if I can do a little history here. Okay, um, come on, bring it. Well, when Barack Obama was elected in 2008, mm -hmm. there were groups of people who decided that they could not live in a country under a black president. Mm -hmm. So they decided that they were going to go to various parts of the world, Boquete being one of them. Mm -hmm. And so there's an encampment of, 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 of people who are of that mindset that live in Boquete. Additionally, in 2020, when Biden was elected, that opened the floodgates for another group who were fed up, who were pro-Trump and so on and so forth. And so that, that gave them another, they went to Boquete, a lot of them. So Boquete is saturated with, with people who um, don't think the same way that, that I think. Mm -hmm. I'll put it like that. I won't, okay. you know. Um, and so uh, that was that became came a turnoff. I was actually living in an apartment building owned by a guy from Texas. And he let me come in there because in October, because first of all, the casita that I originally rented, it was too dark and 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 it, it leaked and all of that. So I didn't know all of that in the, when I first right. came in. So, so they, I didn't, to the, they didn't put that in the description. No. <laughs> so I moved to this apartment building by this Texan, and um, he had been empty for nine months because of the pandemic. So he was glad to take me in. Right, so I rented an apartment from in his building. He had eight apartments in his building, so I was there. And I was the only black guy there. You know, it was all right. And then after the election, he hung out a flag. I mean, a huge flag outside the building. You know, on where you could everybody could see it. It said F Biden and F U. If you voted for Biden. Did I meet you at La Tapa de Coco? You did. That's where I remember the story. I told you this story. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I told you. I remember you and a couple other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Eric and another Bernard. Yeah. Wow, okay. Okay, yeah, that's exactly where we met. And so. What kind of flag was it? Was it So the flag actually had those words on it. Yeah. It was, was it a, a Confederate blue... flag or is No, it wasn't a, a Confederate flag. Okay. It, was, it was a completely blue background with white letters and 
I think uh, the FU was written in red and, um, but it was a huge flag. I mean, you know, like you would hang outside your house, you know, on Memorial Day or whatever. I mean, a big flag or one that you would hoist up the flag. Wow. Yeah, that type of flag. And so <laughs> that was enough for me. So I had to get out of there, you know, so. But that's one of the, the, the things that, that kind of drove me away from, from Boquete. Now, that now, was only three, three years ago. That Yeah, that was 20. Well, that was 2020. 20, get, get ready to be three. By 2020, it's 2023 now, right? Right, right. It was, yeah, it was the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Actually. Wow. Yeah. So that wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. That wasn't that long ago. And I'm, I'm making a point to, to do that calculation because you know this is what i've been hearing right but and i know that's what i've been hearing but you know to talk to the people that have been there a long time you know they talk about these radicals that came in you know several years ago and then boom they left i think when trump was elected, was elected right when yeah. trump was elected they left but obviously there was still a spillover oh yeah absolutely 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 you know it's, uh, you know, but on the good side, on a, on the good, good, good side, there's a community of, of, of melanated folks there that are very cohesive. It's a cohesive unit. Um, and, you know, when somebody needs something or somebody, you know, wants to find out something, you know, the communication is there more so than in the United States. You know, I, I feel like with that community, it felt like the village that we need to be. Okay. And that's that's what's missing for us as uh, as as black people is that that feeling of village where we help in and, the United States. Yeah, yeah, we don't have it there. Oh, it's we're so busy going to work and trying to keep up and get a Mercedes, and it ain't happening. You know. Yeah. So and, yeah, but that that's and we're it, so it, conditioned that that's what we're supposed to do, right? And we're so conditioned that we have to be working all the time, right? You know, it's like we just you know trade our slavery situations, right? Exactly, exactly. And um, so yeah, there's a good group of people there. I mean, and 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 you um you know I I watched your videos from uh, from uh, Boquete and yeah. You saw it. You you saw the the love and, and, yes. and you know, camaraderie that that's there amongst us. And, and um, if we had anything like that in the U.S., it'd be a, it'll be a whole different ball game up there. I'm telling you. Man. Um, so well, I, I, I think it's awesome that we can come to international spaces right. and achieve that, even if we have to leave. And and the thing is, is that that's how we used to be. Right, before exactly. desegregation, I mean, before yeah, desegregation, when we had to rely on each other. And I think that is kind of what makes it so special being abroad is that we need to rely on each other for a certain amount of stuff. Even if it's like we're getting ready to start a series called Turning the Page, you know, and it's like making that transition for real, for real, from a mental right. perspective from right. the United States to Panama or some other other country because you know we have just been in a bubble um I think we have been 
we have been fed the Kool-Aid that the the life that we're living in the United it States can't be lived anywhere life. else. Uh, it's the best life ever. And yeah. just like I said at the um when I met with them at that meetup, and I said, but just think about it, guys. If you were a master on a plantation, what would you tell your slaves? There ain't nothing better than what you got right here. You do not want to be here because out there, they're going to do this. You're not going to have that. We love you here. We're going to treat you good here. And guess what? That's why Harriet Tubman had to leave people. That's right. why Harriet Tubman had to kill people. Because their minds, they couldn't get their mind right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, th I think Malcolm X said it best when he when he said that you know the the house Negro would say, "We sick, boss. Was we sick? You know that everything the boss said was you know was he was it. part of his life. You know. Yep. He also said we've been bamboozled. And, Absolutely. You know, he also said we've been bamboozled. And let me tell you something. I was bamboozled for a long time. We didn't even Me talk too. about international travel. There was no right. need to talk about it because why would we do it? And then getting back to, I always tell my story. I come from a very small place in New Jersey. And I always get back to, you know, what is your first recollection of travel? And for people that actually left the country, my first and only real recollection of travel and well, I have two, but the main recollection of travel that I had was people that went to Vietnam. Mm, wow. Wow. That, that was ooh, it. That's deep. That's heavy because ooh. none of them came back the same. Yeah. So it's like, listen, you go out there if you want to. In my mind, in my little girl mind, it's like, I ain't never leaving the United States because you leave the United States, you come back not right. You right. know what I'm saying? And you yeah. come back hurt. And you come back like, I mean, I can just remember, I can just remember as a little girl recognizing the light in people's eyes. Right. Seeing the difference in that as a little girl. I right. remember the difference. I looked in people's eyes as a right. kid, and I right. still do. But I just can remember their eyes being different. Right. You know, and like, I guess subconsciously, in my mind, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll right. stay right here in the United States. Yeah. Thank God I met my husband, mm -hmm. who, you know, happened to be Panamanian. Which brings us to Miss Wanda. Let's talk about Miss Wanda. All right. Because that's the other thing. People talk about, can I find love with well, abroad? So talk, let's talk about Miss Wanda. All right. So um let, let me let me preface it with this first. Um when I when I was in Boquete, uh, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in like 15 years. But our children were good friends on Instagram or whatever. And um, he wanted to go visit Panama. And so uh, his son told him, uh, Mr. Carl's, uh, no, Desiree's dad, Mr. Carl, is in Panama. Give him a call. So he called me. And he came to Panama and we hung out. And, and we decided that, you know, because we had did real estate business together in Florida. 
and we decided we were going to do a, a tour business here in, in Panama. Okay. So he went back to the States. He came back and rented an a, a, a apartment, and he was here for like three or four months here in, in, in Panama City, because I was in Panama City that at that time. And I met Wanda. And him and I had put the infrastructure together of what we were going to do to start this tour business. Right. And then he flaked out. He met a woman. He stayed in the States. And, you know, so I met Wanda. Right after that, I met Wanda. And Wanda was a tour guide for over 10 years wow. here in Panama. And she lost her job due to the pandemic. Okay. So I, 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 you know, it was like that was like exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was like an epiphany, you yeah. know, and it was just it like, was like wow. a confirmation. Confirmation. There you, there you go, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. It was a confirmation that this was the right person. Yeah, this was the right person, and and you know, it it, it was all the signs because she made me feel like I had never felt like before, <laughs> and you know, like I'm 72 years old and. She, she hit she hit she hit a note in my heart that you know just keeps resounding each and every day more and more let me leave it like that Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, Check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. Welcome to the show. Hi, Charlotte. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing good. So, okay, talk to me. 
Tell me about tell me about the the wanda, the wanda factor. <laughs> well, the wanda factor is it, it just makes me smile. I mean, there's not a whole lot I can say. We we work together every we're together every day. We do everything together. Yeah. And I've never been in a situation like that before where um and so it's different and it's 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 great and I enjoy doing it every day. We we run a tour business. We we tour Panama.com. Mm -hmm. We tour Panama.com. Uh -huh. Okay. And we're on Instagram under the same name as well. Mm -hmm. And so um we tour we do personal tour. As I was saying, she was a tour guide for many years before for the pan pandemic. And so um, when, when, let her when talk we, about herself. When we met, this idea, my job, together, no? Yeah. And yeah. um, we make a, we tour Panama. You were just what, you were just what he needed. Like I said, it was just confirmation, confirmation that you met the right woman. Right. And confirmation that you were looking to do the right thing. Right. Okay, so that's awesome. So now, how long has Retour Panama been in business? We we uh, began April of 2022, mm -hmm. and uh, we've been going stronger and stronger each month. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, one year, month more. Yeah. yeah. So, so our, our, our tours are our tours are personal. You know, like. We won't do more than four four people, two couples, or something like that, uh, because we want to give them the experience of, of of the places that we're taking, and and we wherever we take them, we go along with them, except maybe if we take them to Costco Viejo, we might let them walk around by themselves and explore. Yeah. But for the most part, when we take them to Emberab Village or or we take them fishing to Lake Arenosa for fishing day, yeah, for fishing, and our clients. Since the first day, it's not more clients. They are friends. Yes, exactly. No more. Uh -huh. Exactly. That is that that is what's up. And I like the, you know, the more intimate personal thing. Um, and I think that it's a good niche to have because yeah. when you have that, when you when you keep the the, the tours to a certain size, it's a lot easier to get to know the people. Right. And the thing about it is that I think that one thing that we bring to I think one thing that we bring as black people is authenticity. Mm -hmm. We bring authenticity, we bring flavor, we bring transparency, and people those are things that people really 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 want and need. Absolutely. And when people come to an international place and be able to connect with a beautiful couple such as you, you know, and then to be able to have you, you know, take them by the hand, you know, like you said, you know, you let them loose and, you know, Casca Viejo, depending on what's, what's appropriate and what's not, um, it just adds to the experience for them. And yeah, I absolutely. Think it's a beautiful thing. Even yeah. with the um, cultural relocation tours that we do, we do on a much larger scale and it's like several days. But even with that, I don't allow them to get but so big. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like the maximum number that we will ever have on one tour is 20. But I have a whole team of people to assist them. So 20 is not that much when you got, you know, a staff of six people tending to, you know, or more tending to this group. But I think that's what makes it rich is the personal experience. So what tours do you what what is your favorite tour to do? My favorite tour, well, the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one is uh, Monkey Island. I oh, love no. boop, 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 boop. <laughs> the you know the you know the the the, the, uh, the tour. It's a tour on Lake Gatun and uh, goes to the various islands where there are monkeys. And the monkeys get on the boat and you feed them and you know it's 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 cool, you know. So it's people nice. it's fun. It's fun. People enjoy it. You but, can see the ship they pass to the canal and the people say, oh, Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's nice. But nice. so you never had no incidents with the monkeys. No, 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 no. 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 There you I mean it goes with the old phrase, they're a barrel of monkeys. They're funny. I mean they're just wow. Yeah, 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 you know. They so, called yeah. it go. They called us going through the um the tunnel of love at Isla Mame one time. Ah. Yeah, I don't so, know. Listen, I know so they, the big they was cussing us out. Yeah, no, yeah. they was I, something. I heard, something right with us. Yeah, I heard before about this monkey in in Colón. Panama and Gamboa. No, no, it's, it's different. It's different. <laughs> in, in Cologne, always say uh, the clients say just just for see. Yes. Yeah, and in, but it's different in Gamboa. Okay, the monkey come in the boat, but we say before a uh, please don't touch the monkey. Yeah. Just see bananas, grapes, or peanuts. Yes, and but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was one. What's your other favorite? The other one is the uh Embera village. Embera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a village of the indigenous Embera people of Colombia and Panama. And um they lived the way they lived 200 years ago. And uh they pick us up uh at uh canoe. in a canoe, uh a hollowed out canoe. It's a, it's a tree. And um, they take us. It's a little more adventurous. Yeah. It, oh, it's cool. People love this, man. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just these people are real cool. And so um, they take you, pick you up in the canoe, and and uh, they take you to a waterfall where you can get out and go under the waterfall if you like. And you spend about twenty minutes, thirty minutes there, and then you get back in the canoe, and they take you to the village, and they give you an explanation of of how they live and 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 how they make the the various things from everything is from nature and uh, and then they cook you lunch uh they yeah. cook you, i heard uh, the fish is like but the boys said, you sent a group and they was like we wanted more yeah yeah <laughs> and they they cooked the, the fish, fish fried and, fish and patacones and patacones and fruit and fruit yeah and then they uh, make a dance yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They get traditional dances. Traditional and, dance. and is that an all that's an all day tour? Well, we get there if we get there like nine, if we get there like nine by by one thirty, two o'clock, we're on our way back mm-hmm. to the city. Okay. Yeah. 
That's good. I'm not gone yet. I'm okay. not, not gone yet. And that's because, you know, being in a hollowed out canoe, when you start talking, being in a hollowed out canoe and waterfalls and monkeys, see, <laughs> I'm not the adventurous type. Yeah. So okay. Being what I'm doing these days have really had to expand me. So I'm getting better, but I'm telling you, I encountered a scorpion in Boquete. Boquete, yeah. Yeah, I had a few of those. <laughs> no, 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 sir. No, sir. Uh, That's uh, a deal breaker for me. Right, it's, right. That, that, I'm just not, no, uh, no. I'm going to go with a no with that. So right. but congratulations on your business um, oh, you. and your tours. And let me just ask you, as an expat being in Panama at this point, what advice do you give people would you give people when they were considering Panama or even other international spaces as a lot of us are making that determination? Well, I would, I would say, first of all, consider the climate. And, and I'm, I'm addressing this to, to melanated people. Okay. Um, considering the political climate in the United States um, and the fact that there are other places in this world God made a big world here, and, and, and the United States is only a fraction of it. That you can go to other places and live as comfortable or even more comfortably yes. than you are currently living for less money. Yes. With less stress. With when you get stopped by the police, it's for a reason. He didn't yeah. just stop you because of the color of your skin. Not just because you're black. Right. And so if you take all of those things into consideration, do your research, you know, um, you'll find that uh, you're going to want to move. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Um, you guys are a lovely couple. Um, thank you for your support of Black Expats in Panama. I love to see you out at the events. And, you know, sometimes, you know, at the events and, the things that we do, one thing I like about those events is I can't meet with everybody on an individual basis. And it, but right. these events gives me a chance to meet people, you know, face to face and everything like that. But sitting down and talking to you guys for almost an hour, it just takes it to a whole nother level. You know, Absolutely. I know so much more about you and about your story than I ever could have, you know, learned just, you know, flipping in and out of conversations at these events. And I absolutely love your story. I'm happy for you and your business. And I thank you so much for just being with us today and sharing your story. And we also would like to thank you, Charlotte, for, for what you do. You know, um, you, you sponsor a lot of events that a lot of people go to and have a good time. Uh, I haven't heard any negativity of, of, about what you do. Uh, we haven't <laughs> uh, we haven't been on any of your events yet, but yes. we're looking forward to uh, to doing some things with you. And uh, and so uh, we want to thank you for that as well. Yeah, thank you. And you know, and I think that even though some of the things that we do cross, you know, yes. I still think that there are things that we can do together. And mm -hmm. and I'm a uh, I am a big time supporter of good people. Just like you said, Carl, when we was talking earlier about, you know, you want your kids to grow up and be successful, but right. more than anything, 
ain't nothing like good people. Right. Let me, let me throw in one little thing. Okay, go ahead. has two children. Okay. He has a daughter who's 22 and a son who's 19. And um, it's been a beautiful experience. I mean, they, they, they didn't grow up with a father. And so here I am and it just, I can't explain it. It's just like, it was, I was meant to be here yeah. for all the reasons that we talked about before and also for them because it's helping them to be, be the people that they need to be. To, yeah. to be you know, they see how we relate. And, yeah. and, 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 and how you and, treat their mama. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Right. And so they, they, you know, they want the same things for themselves and, and we're hardworking. You know, we, yes. we, tour. we tour Panama keeps us busy. So that's um, awesome. What, oh, yeah. what a blessing. And yeah. I know, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to put into words and, you right. know, Wanda, I'm telling you, I mean, to have a man that just loves you this much, is a blessing. It mm -hmm. really is. And and even for me, and I, I understand how some, you know, what he's saying. I, I think that if you're Panamanian, you know, and you've been living here, like one thing that I notice about, you know, Panamanians versus, you know, Americans that come, the Americans that come may come with bigger salaries. Right. You know, we have more money, you know, right. to spend, but we don't have half the joy. <laughs> we do not have half the joy, okay? So, I mean, I think that that is definitely something that Panama teaches me. And right. then when I wake up in the morning, Al and I, my husband is Panamanian, and Al and I, we've been together, it'll be 30 years in November. And there is not no point, especially when I first met him and he said, I'm going to retire in Panama. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Because I'm never, <laughs> I'm never leaving this plantation. Um, but look at me now, right? And when I wake up in the morning, sometimes it's um, I'm almost emotional right. because I'm so grateful to God that this is the life that I'm waking up to. Right, right. I'm we, so grateful to God. So I know what you mean. We do the same thing. We start our day each day before we put our feet on the on the floor, mm -hmm. thanking God for just. Just being thankful for everything. Is a, a but but you know uh, Panama is um it's the abundance. Yeah, Panama is the abundance, abundance of everything. It is the abundance of everything. In 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 addition to the fact that can't nobody never come to me and say we'll work for food here. I tell them go go sit down. You're gonna have to come <laughs> with something different because ain't nobody gonna starve in Panama. It's food right. growing everywhere, food growing, swimming and moving everywhere in Panama. Nobody they, they don't really have to be any food insecurities here. But in addition to that, you know that peace that we need to sustain us physically, Panama is abundant in peace, love, and joy. Absolutely. And, and when we come here, our creativity is off the charts. Right. We know we find creative spaces in our hearts and in our minds that we did not know existed. That is a common story amongst yeah. Black expats that come here. So Wanda, I just thank you for letting us come to your lovely country. <laughs> it's, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure in my beautiful country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you been to the States? 
Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But look, look. Well, listen, Carl ain't been back. Carl, you been back? I have not. <laughs> Two and a half years, I have not been back. I, the only desire I have to go back is is we plan to go in November for a visa when her visa process is finished. Uh huh. In, in November for Thanksgiving, she wants to go to see Thanksgiving yeah. in, in the United States. So, uh-huh. other than that, I wouldn't go back. I don't have my 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 daughter's no, come here. Good. My, my daughter's come here and visit me. I'm fine. I'm going to see my grandbabies in um, July. Next oh, okay. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. But you know, I almost like you know when I'm going home, back home to the states. You know, it's fine because I know I get to come back home to Panama. There you go. And that's the piece because I'm not even lying. When you step off that plane, right? You know, you're in a different space. Right. I right. think that even everything, all of our natural instincts kick in. The minute we set foot back in the United States, right? Because then it's it's like it's it's like fight or flight, right? You're on guard. That's it, and and that, that's that's when you know that's when you recognize what you have here, right? When you go back home and you feel the difference and the shift, and you know I don't say all that to you know make people feel bad that are still in the states or. You know, feel like you know that this is something that you have to do. It's just my reality. It's right. my testimony. You right, know. So, right. all right, my producer going to get on me because I always get carried away, but I just love my guests. All Thank right. You so much for sharing. Y'all have a blessed and amazing rest of the day. And you do the same. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Okay. And there you have it. Again, you know, our guests never, ever fail. You know, the producer that puts my um, shows together for me, Daryl Spears, you know, my main man, he's like, Charlotte, your shows are so interesting. And I said, it's not me. It's my guest. <laughs> if you want me to sit up here and ramble to you, I don't know how interesting that'll be. We were talking about T.D. Jakes and how, like, whenever I see something on YouTube is TD Jakes. I always just look to the end to see how long it is. It's always going to be something I probably got to come back to unless I'm just working and I can have it playing in the background. But that man know he can talk and stay interesting for a whole two hours. God, I just declare that spirit over my life. Yes. But in the meantime, I'm not going to I'm not going to kill y'all with that. I'm just going to continue to bring great guests on. Um, that, you know, we can have a conversation that flows. Um, seeing Carl and Wanda so happy uh, being in Panama and for us that are getting up in age to be able to find that sweet place in life where you just wake up in the morning and you pinch yourself because you're just so happy and you're so fulfilled with your life being the way that it is. That's what it's about. You know, for those that don't have a passport, I just pray right now that you're encouraged to looking looking to get in the passport because that's going to be the first step towards looking outside of the country for things that you might not know existed. You know, um, I'd like to congratulate Wanda and Carl on their business, We Tour Panama. You can find them. I'm going to put a link um, for them at this um, broadcast. And with that said, you know, I always ask people, what's your favorite, what's one of your favorite songs from like the 70s or the 80s? And he was like, Temptations. And he was like, yeah, it's just my imagination. My girl, they're like my two favorite 
So we're going to go with just my imagination today and um, favorite, favorite temp temps tune. And I hope that you enjoy it. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. Hey, by the way, guys, I met some sisters, some homegirls, you know, off the subject a little bit. Homegirls and Boquete came out to meet me because we had this great meetup where like 30 plus People from Boquete and the surrounding area came out to meet me, y'all. It was like, it was so heartwarming. It was just awesome. But one sister I met was from Brooklyn, New Jersey, and the other was from Atlantic City, New Jersey. You know, Atlantic City is city, but Brooklyn is country, country. I was like, girl, you're more country than I am because y'all know I'm from Glassboro. But I'm going to tell you, I would love to just have a trip where I just bring people from Jersey you know, the Panama, I mean, just to see us, you know, coming from these small towns and doing these big things that it, you don't have to be big. You don't have to come from, you know, big cities to do. I just, I mean, be encouraged. You can do this. And as long as I have any say, you are always going to be able to afford a Black expats in Panama cultural relocation tour. Okay, that is super, super important to me. And I thank the people who are on our paid platform, the businesses that advertise there and the people that support it with your monthly subscription because it helps me to keep the prices of our tours down. And it also helps me to continue to do the all the community-based stuff that I do. And um, I appreciate it. But I mean, to see us out here from these small towns doing this international thing and loving it, baby. Check out the YouTube video where I'm interviewing the um, the sisters and brothers from um, Boquete to meet these sisters from New Jersey. And by the way, in Boquete, it's blingos. They call themselves black gringos, blingos. And we will be meeting the founder of blingos um, shortly on this radio broadcast. And as Carl said during um, the interview, you know, he was part of putting that together. So, you know, making moves, doing things, expand your horizon. So back to it. Enjoy um, just my imagination. I want to thank my main man, Dow Spears, for always putting this together. I've been working with Dow for years, and I just love, love, love him. You need somebody to produce your podcast for you. If the podcast is right and on the up and up and correct, you know, he might be your guy. Also want to give a shout out to Riley and Devin of BlackSitRadio.com for just giving us this avenue of putting our voices out into the world. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. Tune it off, guys. I'll see you next time. In the meantime, I love you. I love you. I love you. And there was just nothing you can do about it. Peace and love, y'all.